Hey everybody, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping, the official podcast of MarvelSnapZone.com. We are back with another great episode this week. Uh, again, following up on my shout out from last week, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania comes out this week. It will be out the night that this podcast episode releases. Very excited to uh, see the movie and I'll be giving my small breakdown about that, my thoughts on the movie next week. Uh, One other thing I wanted to give a shout out about before we jump into today's episode is that I have been getting set up to stream playing Marvel Snap. Uh, I recently, uh, because of all the great support of you listening to the podcast, I've been able to uh, save up some money and purchase a new computer and a new setup to be able to stream and edit and record more easily. So I will be doing some streams on Twitch. I don't know the uh, exact schedule or how frequently this will be, but if you wouldn't mind going to twitch.tv and looking up Blue Spruce 17, that's B L U E S P R U C E 17, uh, that is where I will be streaming from. Uh, I hope to stream once or twice this week. Uh, but then I will be going on a vacation, so I won't be able to stream for a couple more weeks. But if you will follow me, that way you will be able to know when I go live. I'd love to have you stop by. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast. And I'd love to have you uh, join me for playing some Marvel Snap. With all that being said, and without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hey everybody, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping, the official podcast of MarvelSnapZone.com. Today, we have some of our normal topics. We're going to be breaking down the latest card in Marvel Snap, as well as the latest location. But we also have a slew of other topics that we want to bring up that, uh, you know, kind of apply to everybody, maybe in a different way. And uh, we'll have some interesting conversation. I am joined by returning guest, Chalker7. Chalker, thank you for being here. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, as you and me were kind of uh, conversing over the last week or so, uh, you brought up some topics. So we'll... We'll uh, tantalize the audience here by not telling them what those topics are quite yet, but we will get to those after our uh, kind of normal introductory topics here. Um, so let's dive. Let's dive right into the newest card. So let me let me read that for the listeners here. The latest card in Marvel Snap this week is Ghost. Ghost is a one cost, two power card that reads, "Ongoing." Your cards are always revealed last. And then in parentheses, it says their on reveal abilities happen last. <laughs> what are what are your uh, your initial thoughts? You started to laugh there. Uh, I the, the, actually, the double clarification. I, I, I had forgotten about the second line there. That's good because uh, it's not obvious, right? Priority is is clear to people that are quite experienced and understand what's going on, right? But I, I forgot that uh, having the clarification might be good. That's what I was laughing at. But I think it's yeah. really interesting. I think Ghost is awesome because like it is the first card that's been released thus far that interferes or manipulates priority in any way. And that can be a incredibly powerful uh, utility. It's, it, it's not a big body, uh, but it's very, very interesting. There's a lot of implications here, right? Like anytime you want to go second and you want to make sure that your opponent's cards get revealed first, there's a handful of t- things I can think of off the top of my head, like you know, you want to make sure your Shang-Chi goes off after they drop their giant cards at the very end, or you want to make sure that your Enchantress goes off to steal whatever ongoings or, or, or cancel out whatever ongoings they've 
drop down at the end of the game, you know, imagine Patriot or whatever, that's going to be pretty easily canceled if you sniff it out in advance. So that that's pretty cool. There, there's a lot of places I think Ghost is going to be in. It, it's the card that I currently have pinned in my shop, my token shop. I'm, I'm looking forward to having that when I get the tokens back. Uh, yeah, well, I, th- I think a couple interesting things to build on what you just said. Uh, everything you just said, exactly right, right? Like it, it maybe protects you from that. Uh, or, you know, you make sure you get your Shang-Chi off on turn six to knock out their big card they're going to play down. You make sure they they lay down all of their ongoing cards before you throw your Enchantress. There's a lot of these things where it kind of works with the tech cards in the game. Mm-hmm. But I also think it works in reverse on those things, right? It's a protection to you to say, I'm going to make sure my opponent flips their Shang-Chi and their Enchantress before my cards are revealed right so then i don't lose my iron man or i don't lose my infinite or yeah something like that right so i think it's interesting because it's both it can kind of be an offensive or a defensive card in that in that regard right 100 uh, percent. i think that's interesting another thing i think is interesting is that uh we've kind of been on a streak uh the last uh couple of cards that have come out where they're all higher cost right we have uh modok mm-hmm. obviously as the season pass card but then before that we, you know we had shadow king dazzler uh I'm trying to remember. There's a couple other four cost cards, but they've all kind of been higher cost cards for a little while now. We've been on this streak. So having kind of a one cost card that can really be slotted in so many places. And, you know, we can, we're going to have obviously more conversation here about some of the, the potential cards you'd want to play with ghost. But I think it's just very different than the, the last few cards that we've got, because it's, it's kind of this so much versatility uh, potential and it's a low cost card. So really you can slot this into a lot of existing archetypes and types of decks, right? Yeah, totally. And, and, and low cost cards, just to add on to that are, are difficult in all card games to design and balance, right? They're really risky. Uh, if you put too much flash on there there's not as much design space. And if you have a, you know, real expensive high cost card, you can put a ton of kind of tar- card text and a kind of ton of stats and everything. And you can only play one of those over the course of the game. But if you have too much, too much power on a low cost card, it's really, really risky. So I think that it's, it's, there's a reason why there aren't very many of them out there. They haven't been releasing them. Um, so it's, it's cool. I I'm super, super stoked that they are coming out with another one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and obviously, uh, we brought this up, you know, we bring this up often, but like not a lot of people are probably going to have Ghost at the beginning, just with the current structure of uh, obtaining new Series 5 cards. Uh, there's the, you need to have the collector's tokens. Uh, like we've already, you know, you said you're you're saving yours up right now, but then it's obviously you got to wait for it to pop up in your shop and pin it uh, and that whole thing. So some of these things that we're going to speculate on will be kind of that. I mean, we, we think it will be good with certain cards, but time will tell which cards it works with best. Um I think we've already named some of the things like Shang-Chi and Chantress. Uh, obviously, along with that, like a Killmonger, right? Mm-hmm. Both from an offensive or defensive perspective. Um, what other cards do you kind of see potential synergies uh, with, with this card? The protection stuff that you were mentioning is really where it's at for me. Like Null... You know, making sure mm-hmm. that you're not going to get that killed or destroyed at the end of the game or a death or something like that. Or y- you mentioned Iron Man. Anything that you really want to guard and make sure that is going to show up is going to be interesting. And I think there's going to be a bunch of movement in the future, too, you know, as, as cards come out. The place where I think that Ghost is really going to shine um, is going to be in, like, battle mode and in, like, the tournament scene. Because I think that mm-hmm. it really will be useful Um in a lot of different decks, but it's mostly going to be useful for like surprising your opponent or protecting your own, your own stuff. Um, and I don't, I don't know if that's going to be 
I don't know if there's a single deck that, that slots into that works well on ladder, but I'm also not the ladder expert out there. So I, I might not be the best person to, to say what's going to gonna be working at the infinite ranks. It's just not, not the way my brain works and it's not, not the targeting I'm looking for. No, that makes a lot of sense. I, I agree with you. Yeah, Noel, uh, obviously kind of generally big power cards you can help yeah. protect against uh ongoing cards you can help protect against something that i have seen people kind of uh uh theorize and uh, i've seen at least one person try out uh, i was watching a stream last night uh, is with hazmat right mm. uh it's kind of a you know hazmat is you know people got more excited about hazmat once luke cage came out which obviously blocks your cards from the negative effect of hazmat lowering the power of your cards but it's still, I would say, hasn't found the, the strongest place in the meta, right? Uh, it's fun to play, and it's fun when you pull it off, maybe with a Wong to double the effect, etc. Um, but one of the downsides is potentially, you know, depending on who has priority later in the game when you want to play Hazmat, mm-hmm. uh, you're going you're gonna to flip Hazmat, and maybe not all of your opponent's cards are revealed yet, right? Totally, yeah, 100%. Uh, and so I think that's an interesting combo there. That, that kind of guarantees your opponent's board is going to be as filled as it will be, um and you'll be able to get that full hazmat off yeah good call i've tried the luke cage hazmat combo quite a few times and while you're right it's fun i i can't get it to work consistently at all so yeah yeah um one one or two other cards i wanted to mention uh valkyrie right mm. kind of similar uh, like valkyrie can be really good but if if your opponent if you have priority then your opponent may be flipping up a card after you your valkyrie goes yeah. and lowers yeah. all of their cards to three which kind of uh, doesn't help you as much. Uh, and then the other one is tit- Titania or Titania. Um, that may be good. You know, you don't, you won't, sometimes you want to drop Titania on the last turn of the game and you don't want her to flip to the other side of the board. Uh, yeah. So totally. this kind of guarantees that if she's the last card you play, then she's not going to, to flip over to your opponent's board. Yeah. Five extra power. That, yeah. That, that's a good plan. Totally. Yeah. W- one thing. So, so we've talked some of these synergies. I think there's, there's a lot that could, be done right you can kind of look at this at the perspective of okay what does every on reveal card do and is it better to have that revealed later right so as more cards are added to the game you're always going to be looking okay can i pull ghosts into this deck is that going to help this card be better one thing that i would love to understand how it works which i don't know if you've seen anybody streaming with the card yet but um if you have ghost on the board let's say it's turn six and you normally, you have pri- priority, right? Because you are winning two locations. But then your opponent plays Enchantress and it disables Ghost's ability. Does it then pivot to your cards revealing because then you actually have priority that turn? Does that I have I, I, It does make sense what you're saying and describing. I don't know if the engine would handle that. That sounds, I, I would be very curious to see where that ends up. I, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't have an answer to that. Uh, the the second dinner team, while they're listening to this in their conference room in the weekly thing, maybe they'll message you and uh, answer it. Yeah, that's that. that's usually how it goes. So, you know, they got their, <laughs> their DMs with me. So um, no, I, I just I agree with you. I I would imagine it would not work that way, right? Because it's kind of like once your turn has started uh, and, and your cards are revealing, it's kind of like your turn resolves and then your opponent go. You know, yeah, your turn resolves. But it's like if you technically have priority, this doesn't say that like you lose that priority. It just says yeah. your cards are revealed last. And if that ability is gone, I, I'm curious at what happens. Yeah, I guess like the closest thing that I could compare to that is like, let's say there's a limbo on board 
and your opponent uh, either Storm or uh, Scarlet Witches it or something like that on turn six. Um, do your cards flip over after that, right? It doesn't immediately end the game. Correct. We, Correct. Yeah. So I think that that I think that that is adjacent to the, the question that you asked but i don't know if that's correct or not i don't know yeah i, I just want to say one thing i think it's funny you said storm or scarlet witch and i knew you wouldn't say rhino the location <laughs> because we know we know nobody's doing that so <laughs> you're totally right yeah <laughs> uh, anyway sorry that's just the yeah, yeah. trick. So, yeah. so i think ghost i think ghost is an interesting card uh, i'm excited for it's one of those cards i just really want to see in a lot of people's hands and, and see yeah. how it goes yeah um, it, does, it doesn't the long-term potential is yeah go ahead oh totally i don't think it obviously slots into anything but i do think that there's going to be a lot of people using it and that's what i was sort of saying i think that ghost is going to show up in the tournament and battle mode scene if there's like a serious competitive mode in that because it really feels like a uh you know psyching out your opponent one-on-one kind of card yeah yeah it's definitely a high high skill level high thought process the, the things you could do with that card right yeah um, absolutely so, so very interesting. I, I'm excited to see see more play and eventually unlock the card. It's not not the one I have pinned right now. Actually, now that I think about it, I don't have any cards pinned right now because I just bought one last night. Yeah. So I probably should check what's in my shop. Um, <laughs> uh, I need to. I'll check in, in on that after this uh, recording. But uh, let let's shift here. Um, I, I think uh, there's more we could go go into and kind of yeah. theorycraft some decks. But like I said, I think the general thought on Ghost is that uh, Ghost could be slotted in a lot of of decks so yep uh i want to talk quantum tunnel with you oh uh, yeah we're we're about i don't know maybe 18 hours into the 48 hours of having this as the featured location um so quantum tunnel reads when you play a card here swap it with a card in your deck so it is lockjaw the location right lockjaw without a body yep um so i don't know about you but i've been playing but also seeing a lot of thanos is the first thing that comes to mind sure um i think uh you know getting those stones and being able to play them into this location without having to play lockjaw down right you're not waiting to turn three Mm -hmm. to be able to get lockjaw on the board i think has been very powerful but uh what else have you seen or have you been seeing kind of the same so i have a deck that i have been playing last night and today that i totally created myself i haven't i i made it up on the fly i I haven't seen anyone else talking about this but it's i called it dark hawk rocks and it is so much enjoyment because the the the, there's three cards that are the centerpieces here it's first dark hawk which is uh you know the four one ongoing plus two power for each card in your opponent's deck and the reason i think that card works really good with this location is your opponent if they're playing off of the the tunnel they're not drawing extra cards they're putting extra cards back into their deck so i've been noticing decks are staying a little bit bigger and then i've been putting both korg and rock slide in there to toss extra uh rocks back into their deck that they might end up swapping out accidentally so they're they're thinning their deck out well not really Mm. they're, they're thickening their deck and making the cards a little bit weaker and i've been putting extra cards like wong and absorbing man in there to toss extra rocks in and i've also got sandman in there and ronin so they can't play too many cards and hopefully their hands are getting pretty thick i don't know if it's really good but it's been a lot of fun putting a lot of rocks in people's uh decks and seeing them swap those out rather than uh, whatever good cards are out there and i've been winning a lot but of course my ranking is pretty low so i you know don't don't take this uh this deck 
to the, I don't think it's going to go to infinite over the next couple of days, but it's pretty cool uh, to, to try and keep them from capitalizing on the location too much. Yeah, no. And I think that's one of the things we always want to look at when we talk locations, right? Uh, it's easy to talk. Okay, this synergizes well with uh, X card, right? Thanos, mm-hmm. uh, your lockjaw deck, whatever that looks like, right? Yeah, lockjaw blast, infinite, yeah. all the, all the all those common things that you're you've seen yeah. happen before. Yeah. And, and it's easy for us to know that and say that, but I think one of the trickier things sometimes is, okay, what is kind of the anti uh, meta against this location, right? What yeah. what is defensive deck, right? So I think you bring up a great a great uh thought there with kind of your your um well i'm i'm assuming you have zabu in the deck but i, I do have zabu. i do i do have zabu in the deck indeed yes. yeah because like, you named several four cost cards right so you're mm-hmm. lowering the three cost uh you're getting wong on the board maybe a little early you're able to load the rocks up in your opponent's location uh you're able to get uh dark hawk down maybe a mystique off right uh, you know mm-hmm. it's our classic like uh hawk deck with with a little bit of variance where you're throwing in the uh the Sandman, the Ronin, right? Which yeah. Been, but it kind of works with with this location, right? More yeah, than, yeah, yeah. I got without, I got Iceman in there too, just to hopefully mm-hmm. you know prevent them from playing something. I don't, I don't know. It's it's interesting, but it's a classic Darkhawk deck for sure. Um, yeah, I think that that works pretty good. I've been having fun. With those. Yeah, no, that, I think that's really interesting. I'll, I'll probably try some of that out later today because I've kind of been playing the Thanos. I've been playing a little bit of Negative, Mister mm. uh, Negative, right? Because I mean, it's a little tricky because, like, you don't want to play anything into that location really until you've flipped your cards in your deck. Um, but then also you're playing out cards there, typically in a Mr. Negative deck that you want to keep on the board, mm, right? So I wouldn't yeah. say it's the best synergy, but, you know, it, it, it can do some good things, right? You pull Iron Man out of your deck or you pull some of these flip cards, but then... It's also like maybe you would have just drawn them and played them out for free. So maybe, yeah, but you can also throw your negative back into your deck without lockjaw hiding there. So you don't have that negative one power that, that yeah, sure. Anything yeah. you want to get rid yeah. of. Yep. Yeah. That's very fair. So I've seen some people playing that, uh, but going down a little bit more of the uh, kind of the defensive strategy or playing against this location, obviously storm, Scarlet, Witch, Rhino turning off the location when your opponent's expecting it to work. Yeah. Right? Um, I've even seen that with some Thanos decks, right? People are like using it to their advantage, but then they're throwing the reality stone to turn off the location when they're mm. done using it, right? Mm. So it's yeah. kind of like, hey, this is for me, but not for you, <laughs> uh, which has kind of been fun to watch. Um, Electro, right? I, I think that's something I've seen yeah. a little bit of. Uh, you, you, get, you get that extra energy, but then he goes back into your deck. So then you don't have the ongoing ability, right? Yeah. Um, uh, one downside there is like, maybe you redraw him. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of not your best draw you're going to want to get but you know who's to say if that's the the upside's worth it right yeah yeah i'm not sure i i did try uh one or two times to go through you know electro reminded me of this to go through with a galactus deck it is not it's not worth it it's not good right now the chances of you accidentally pulling it out too early are, are too high so don't suggest that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh that could yeah it could definitely turn itself off i mean on the galactus side i guess one thing i i've i've read uh and kind of seen people talking about is maybe he's not the best when uh like to play into that location like if if you kind of avoid that location and let your opponent load up that with heavy statted cards then you play it in another spot right sure sure 
And then, you know, if you have Null, then you're throwing down Galactus, then Null, and you've just destroyed all their high power cards they pulled out of the location, right? Hopefully they don't um, have a Shang-Chi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, as long as you've got Ghost, right? Uh, <laughs> you, you're good. But, I mean, how would that work? You'd have to play, like, Wave on three, Galactus on four, and then you'd have to play Ghost on... On five. Five, right? Yeah. Because or you would... You, because you couldn't have Ghost at like one of the other locations that would have been destroyed. So. It would have been destroyed, yeah. Or you would have to have like Limbo or something like that. Like there, there's there's fringe cases too, but yeah, it, it, literally, it's it's not likely to happen. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of goes back to our Ghost conversation. Maybe that's not the not a reliable strategy. But uh, <laughs> any uh, any other thoughts on Quantum Tunnel? Um, and with that, any other thoughts? But also, do you feel like you're you're gonna pull your hair out in the next uh, you know thirty I'm not... hours? I'm not. And I mean, listening to the conversations the past couple of weeks, you know, this is this is a common topic. People, you know, discussing whether they like the uh, hot and featured locations and everything. And, and I, I've been pretty firmly in the camp for a long time that I'm very, very fond of them doing this just for a couple of days each week, because I do think that it does mix up the meta. And I think that with much with such small deck sizes and so few cards it's a very easy risk to run that the meta can become stale and like one card or one deck can can overrun things but having this uh this mix up where you see a featured location that really doesn't synergize well with a lot of stuff like every week it really does you know shake the snow globe of the uh of the meta up a little bit and i really really think that that's a good positive thing um and i hope that they continue to do it quite frankly yeah no i couldn't agree more i i think i've said this before and i'm sure you've heard me say it on the podcast but uh, I think it's stretched me to try new types of decks and new cards that I usually don't play with, right? Yes. When I, when I have a location. Um, you know, I've, I've played Lockjaw, uh, Lockjaw-style decks, right? Uh, but there may be people out there that that's really not been their cup of tea. And so maybe they have the cards, but they just don't really know how to play it or don't want to play it. But this can encourage them to kind of see the discourse online, see what people are playing and try it out. And they may want to keep playing that after the location is gone, which I think yeah. is cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Hey all, I wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about MarvelSnapZone.com. Marvel Snap Zone is a one-stop shop for everything Marvel Snap on the internet. They have new articles nearly every day that cover deck building, strategy, card breakdowns, etc. They have a great collection tracker tool and a decklist builder that works off of that collection tracker so that you can know what decks you can build with your current card collection. They have guides and deck lists for all level of players and all collection level of players. Make sure to go to marvelsnapzone.com and check it out now. Cool. Uh, well, that kind of uh, gets us through our normal weekly topics, but I know that you have brought some topics here to the show this week that you would like to discuss. So I will turn sure. it over to you to kind of introduce our first topic. Sure. So, you know, I, I've never been uh, the super competitive player. I, I just I don't like the grind, quite frankly, but I love the gameplay and I love the collecting and all of that. So I, I always do like talking about slightly different topics than like what the most powerful cards are, uh, what, what the best decks are. So the, what I thought we could discuss a little bit this week was just sort of like the how we go through upgrading our cards and what sort of decisions we make with our boosters and our credits and everything. And um, 
if the behavior that I engage in in my collection management is normal or abnormal and not, not, not in a positive or negative way, but just like, I think talking about this a little bit might be interesting because I don't think that it's something that I've really seen a conversation on before. And I think that uh, thinking about it in a little different or thinking about it at all might, might prompt some interesting uh, uh, things. So the sort of the first thing that I want to ask is, uh, or we can talk about is, after you finish a game, you know, it pops up. One of your cards has received the boosters and it tells you how many, how many you've gotten, how many you need to get to the next level. Do you push that button and automatically upgrade your cards? If it's at, you know, if you got 30 and you're ready to go to ultra, or whatever, I don't even remember the, 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 the cutoffs of everything, but if you've, if you've, if you've passed over the threshold to do the upgrade, do you push that button and do the upgrade or do you wait? Uh, presuming you have the credits for it. Interesting question. I normally do not. Um, mm. Not to say I haven't, right? I definitely have, but I hoard my boosters. Not not as much as some people online, right? <laughs> I see people on Twitter with full Inctify decks and every uh, variant in the game, stuff like that, right? Uh, I'm not. I'm definitely not on that level. But um, I generally like to wait until I can upgrade a card multiple times before I upgrade it. Okay. Um, notable exceptions are if it is a like it's common it's a new card i have right or a new variant i'm playing with mm -hmm. and i get enough credits to do it i will usually try to get it at least to the 3d the yeah. blue border yeah. uh, if i can kind of immediately yeah. if like that first time playing with it i get the credits uh i will then upgrade it that first game right uh, that i get those credits and, and try to get it to that level at least but then i usually hoard from there until i have enough to get it to infinite Mm, okay, cool. I, I'm definitely similar, at least uh, getting to the 3D effects. I think that all of the cards should get to 3D. And I think that a long-term goal of mine is to have like the base variants uh, up to infinite for everyone. I, I'm nowhere near close to that uh, yet, but I'd love to have just like one copy of uh, every base variant at infinite. Um, it, uh, a stepping stone to that will be to get every base card up to, to, to rare in 3D uh, on the way. The, the next sort of question I've got, right? So the boosters are shared amongst all the variants for the cards, right? Do mm -hmm. you then hoard variants uh, or, or hoard boosters until you get a cool variant? Or are you trying to get like some of the base variants? How do you choose when to spend your boosters and which card to spend your boosters on? Which That's a great question. Um, well, one, one I'll, I'll start off by saying... Um, my OCD uh, definitely has something to say here. Uh, and, and I pivot between several things because I, I normally, I start out, I say, well, I want a variant. Like yeah. I would love to get, so my thought is I'd love to get a variant I love of each card and get up to infinite. So kind of like you, but I would love it to be a variant of each card if possible, mm -hmm. eventually. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. I've got, you know, maybe 20 to 30 variants up to infinite out of, you know, however many hundred, 150 plus cards we have right i don't remember the exact number off the top of my head um that are variants and then i have some base cards up to infinite as well and some that i've split multiple times right um so usually that's where my brain starts but then i'll get a deck that i really like and it'll be like you know a half to three-fourths of the cards in my deck are at infinite and then i'll have mm -hmm. these like base cards that are not the variants that i have in that deck and i'm like well now they look really dumb now, next to my other cards that are at infinite. So I guess I was saving credits for when, or saving boosters for when I get a variant, but 
because it doesn't look good because they don't all match, I I upgrade them then. Right. Interesting. Uh, that has happened to me multiple times with <laughs> But even if it's a different like you know variant style, if it you know you got a chibi one of one and a base variant on another one, if they're sitting next to one another, you, you're gonna want to upgrade them both to have the uh, the shiny borders. Is that is that what you're telling me? Yeah, that's basically it. And mm-hmm. yeah, and I, and I tell myself uh, like, oh, it'd be you know cool to have all of this type of a deck with only these types of variants, uh, which I do have a couple, right? Um, mm-hmm. But usually there, it's just like, I really like like this one variant of this one card, and then I like a variant of another card in their different styles or from different artists, right? So yeah, yeah. I kind of have to just, I have to, I have to stop myself there and say, no, it's okay. They can, they can be together and be happy, even if they're not the same, the same type, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That being said, I, I mean, I have, uh, I, I posted this on Twitter, like oh, maybe two weeks ago. I, um, I said, you know, who wants to come face me off with my with their pixel only decks? Right? Yeah, yeah, uh, we've yeah. all unlocked a ton of pixel cards. Uh, and then I was like, wait, I'm going to bed in like 15 minutes. What am I doing? <laughs> I'm, dele- I'm deleting this tweet. But Loot Muncher, a uh, friend of the podcast, actually saw it. So he said, hey, let's go. And uh, man, I, I, I wiped the floor with him. Uh, Luke, oh, if really? you listen to this, I, I hope you still had fun. But uh, um, I had a pretty good deck, a pretty good deck that was only pixel cards. I haven't bought any pixel cards. I've just unlocked a lot like we all have right sure sure that's so, hilarious well yeah I, yeah but and then i guess like that within that like or do you have favorite variants so like like i know that everyone hates the pixel cards um and and i largely broad strokes agree but there is one pixel card that is literally my favorite or top two three favorite variants in the whole game and it's actually america chavez's pixel card Mm. and that might just be like a sentimentality thing because it was one of the first like i opened up that variant in the first day or two of playing last may so it's just like a i i always thought it was a special one and i thought that the animation was pretty cool on it and i i don't know i like that one a lot and it's it's one that i've split twice infinite and it's my default america chavez in any deck that she goes into at this point in time so yeah um well i'm with you on the pixel stuff i mean at first, I was I was on the bandwagon saying, "Oh, you know, more pixel variants. Everybody complains about them, but they've definitely been growing on me." I, w- I wouldn't say they're my favorite, right? But I'm definitely more okay with them now. Yeah. Uh, again, now that I've like built a pixel deck that kind of actually works, it's not, yeah. it's not the perfect deck, but it kind of it kind of works. Um, but I, I'm with you. There's a couple pixel cards out there that I just think really slap. Uh, one being Rescue. Rescue oh. just has this like you'll have to look it up, but it just gives me like this Mega Man vibes okay. that yeah, I really yeah. love. Sure. Uh, and and then Omega Red, I also think just like feels like a character like in like a Super Nintendo game from the '90s and just looks super cool in the pixel variant. So those yeah, are got, actually I've got the I Omega Red variants one. for the yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. use the variants for those two cards that are pixeled. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah. but overall, like favorite variants um i love the i'm trying to remember what it's actually called it's uh, a carnage one and it's just it's just titled variant but it's kind of the one where carnage is like just standing full height like facing the Mm -hmm. frame um and i have that one inkified with like a rainbow oreo Mm -hmm. effect with the infinite split and it Mm -hmm. just 
it just looks so good. Yeah, the one with like the little strings running all off of him, or like you know the veins or whatever uh, on the yep. edges. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got that one, Infinite Split too. It's uh, I have it actually pulled up on my phone now. It's it's by Mark Bagley, Andrew Hennessy, and Jason Keith. That's the other nice thing that they did. If uh, as second dinner is listening to this uh, in their conference room, good job on the uh, credits. I really do appreciate that. The artist credits up at the top. For sure. Do you know what's so funny? Do you know what's so funny? I I run a podcast about this game, and I didn't know I could click on that and see the artist's names. I mean, (laughs) like I knew that in the back of my mind, but I've never actually clicked on it until you just said that. Oh yeah, they totally. There it is: Mark Bagley, Andrew Hennessy, and Jason Keith, right there. Yeah, right there. That's it. So there you go. Now, now, now we're, we're, we're doing a service for you, and hopefully for all the listeners out there, they all know you can do it as well. Um, so so good job. Um, yeah. So. To to get back to sorry, I, I answered I asked you questions, but I didn't really answer them for myself too well. Um, the the reason I asked about the upgrading after the end of a game thing, it's it's interesting because if you are running the variant you want, but like if you say you're doing like a pixel only deck like that, and you don't necessarily want the variant that's in that deck to get the boosters. Uh, I would never hit that button, right? I would just go on to the next one and then just save the boosters for whatever variant that I do actually want to be upgrading and splitting later on. But if I'm running a deck that has like my favorite copy of a variant in it and I you know, pass over the, the threshold to get to legendary or whatever, I totally will hit the button at that point and mm-hmm. uh, upgrade it. The results- That's, right. That's of- very fair, yeah. The sort of the result of that behavior is that I do end up sort of hoarding credits a little bit more. I don't think about the upgrading that much, I guess. Like I, I you know, I guess my collection is far enough along the the path that I'm not I'm not expecting to get cards in in collector's cases very often. Um, so I, I don't really expect to interact with the uh, that collector's track all of the time. Um, so I sort of forget about. I, I quite frankly forget about the credits for you know a week or two at a time, and then I look down. And I'm like, oh man, I've got like six or seven thousand of these. I should probably spend some to to mm-hmm. get back down, so I'm not hitting the cap or whatever. And so, a very common thing that I'll do every couple of weeks is I'll go over to my collection tracker, and um, I'll go to the bottom left where you can sort it by whatever quality, and I'll go to upgradable. And then I'll, I'll sort it by decreasing so I can see, you know, where who's got the most boosters and who I can split or whatever, whatever's going on. And I'll just sit there and upgrade any one card that is a variant that I like as far as it'll go. Um, but the other flip side of that is there's a handful of cards that like I'm, I'm looking at my collection right now that I've literally never upgraded and I've just gotten a bunch of boosters from. So for example, dagger is still common crystal. Mm. I've got 30 uh, uh, boosters on at one point in time. I, I don't remember who it was. It might've been storm. I was sitting on like 300 boosters just cause I had never upgraded her at all. And I'll sit there and I'll spend a ton of credits going through it. It is actually kind of tedious uh, <laughs> going back and forth between the the upgrading collection manager and the collection track. But then once I'm done with the whole thing um, and I can't upgrade it anymore and you return back to the collection track, all of the little flags, the little up arrows or whatever, the the little animation that's on top of the card indicating which one is available to upgrade and is not has disappeared and i have to click back on the main menu and go back to the collection manager 
to reactivate it. And this is this is 100% a uh, a whale boomer problem uh, for me playing oddly uh, with the game. But again, second dinner when you guys are listening to that, I think that that's a little bugged interaction and uh, uh, is something that might be worth looking at uh, to make sure that that those upgradable uh, uh, animations don't disappear. Yeah, so, minor yeah, quibble. I, I, yeah, no, no, and I've, I've I've noticed the same thing before, so I I hear you there. I, I think that's valuable. Yeah. Um, so I, as you're talking, obviously we're both looking at our collections here, and so a couple of things that I noticed. Um, mm. I have every card that I have is at least at 3D, except for five cards. Uh, oh, there are okay. only or sorry, four cards. There's only four cards that I don't have. Actually, let me see if that's incorrect. Yeah. There are four cards that I don't have at 3D, and it's because I just don't have enough boosters, uh, which is funny. Like, I've played with Titania, but I, like, have only been able to upgrade her to Uncommon. Hmm. I just, like, have not been landing boosters on her. Quake is one that I have a great variant that I like, but I never play Quake. Yeah. Uh, Luke Cage, I just haven't played a ton yet, and so, again, I just have him at Uncommon, and then I just got Shuri last night actually mm. so okay. shuri shuri is not so those are my four cards that i haven't upgraded to 3d or higher yeah that's funny i got um, like i have like 30 of them <laughs> no, yeah and, and we all do it, 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 but i was the same way until probably when when they did the first shuffle down of cards from series five to series four i've uh-huh. been hoarding i've been hoarding my credits i got the ten thousand credits i maxed out Right. And that's what I did. I got every car that I could at least a 3D. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so that, so that was a, a mainly recent thing. But the other thing I, I wanted to see, do you know off the top of your head, which one of your cards uh, you have the most boosters for? Well, it's definitely Agatha. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, that makes sense. How many, how many do you have for Agatha? I've got five splits on my Agatha school teacher. Uh, four splits, four splits, and the last one is at infinite. So I'm I'm ready to split her one more time. I don't know how many that adds up to, but you know, five or six hundred. But the, 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 another thing about just me and this game is I I don't play nearly as much as most streamers do. I, I this is totally like a phone watching people play thing for me. So I, I I I do like my collection a lot, but I don't I do not collect as many boosters. I do all my dailies plus probably an extra fifty percent. Um, of gaming a day on on this so i would not be the person to be comparing uh the largest uh the largest collection and the largest number of boosters and not be the person to measure that against yeah that's totally fair i i found it interesting i was looking through i looked through all my cards to see how many boosters i have for each card i was surprised okoye is the one i have the most oh yeah 607 and i've split her but i don't feel the need to ever split her again or normally play her that much so uh, those 607 boosters are probably going to sit there for a little while. Yeah, but that makes a lot of sense because she, you know, was so strong for such a long time, and then, yep. then that nerf city. And she also had a season pass, like a season pass variant, so they got yeah. boosters from that. Yeah, uh, and that's the one I have upgraded. So yeah, so kind of interesting uh, to kind of look at the collection. Um, yeah, I think that's one of the fun things about Marvel Snap is kind of like you have your collection, you have your variants, you have your variants upgraded to the. You know, the levels you do in everybody's collection is going to be slightly different. Um, one thing, this is this is dumb, but um, when I'm in a match uh, and like I see my hand with all my cards, I just want to be able to like run my finger over them <laughs> if I'm playing on my computer and they all kind of just move yeah. like back and forth, you know, 
Yeah. Um, sometimes I do that because it just looks like I should be able to do that and it doesn't and I get really disappointed. <laughs> Sorry for your disappointment. No, it's okay. Um, uh, uh, one last question, I guess. When you are trying to build a deck or put your cards in, do you put whatever your highest level of upgrade is or do you put your last infinite split? So for me, what I do is I upgrade a card all the way to infinite and then I leave that infinite card in my deck until I get enough boosters to split the next one to infinite because I think that the border is so cool and I don't want to have like a, a common with a foil background uh, in my deck. I'd much rather have the level below with the infinite background and then wait till I get up to another infinite background to get the foil added onto it, if that makes sense. It does. So for my case, I, I'm generally the same. Uh, you know, uh, you know. Eventually, I'd like to have like Inkify gold, like more Inkify and gold. I only have a few, um, but usually, uh, I won't play one of the foil cards, like the rainbow mm -hmm. background effects. The couple different options mm -hmm. until it's up to infinite, like yeah. you. So like, yeah. I'll split it. I'll keep using the base card, and sometimes even then just depending on how it looks with the rainbow effect, kind of, I, I think there's varying degrees of how cards actually look with that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I may still not use it even if I upgrade it to infinite again. Um, I'd say the exception for me is like when I've gotten certain cards to like Inkify or to gold, then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm I'm slapping this baby in there even <laughs> if even if it's not split because I got to show it off to people. Right? Absolutely. I, I still don't have a gold background. I don't have a single one in my, my entire collection. I got a couple of Inkify's, but, but no golds. Bummer um, Central. Yeah, when the uh, when the beta started and uh, everybody's playing um, Devil Dino Moon Girl, right? Yeah. I, I don't, those those days, Carnage Nova, uh, the Dark Days. No, I, I mean <laughs> I I played it and had a ton of fun, but I get why they changed it. Um, <laughs> I I had Sentinel in that deck, right? Sentinel was a great mm -hmm. add to that deck to get your hand size. So Sentinel was like the first card I like I split and I just kept splitting and splitting. And that was like the only card I split until I got a gold like uh, really early on. OK. And then I don't think I've got a single one since then. It's <laughs> so hard. That was like that was a long time ago. Yeah. And it's hard. It's supposed to be rare, right? It's supposed to be a big, exciting thing. And I'm looking forward to experiencing it for the first time myself. Yep. <laughs> I do have on the Inkify side, I have, I think, three, three Inkify's, I want to say um brood iron man and carnage so okay. yeah but i i mean i i see some people that have like 40 and i'm like well that's not me <laughs> as someone who those are people who have a little more time to play the game than you and i do <laughs> yeah yeah awesome yeah no it's it's always fun to talk collections i i think it's just you know we don't talk about it enough because you know we can get focused on on the competitive which i think is good but I think there's just I love the art and kind of the pizzazz that this game has. Yeah, one of, one of my favorite like memories of being like you know a middle schooler was be looking through you know going over to a friend's house and looking through our binders of baseball cards and X Men cards and everything and you know trading and, and just you know comparing who looks cool and what whatnot and comparing collections and and I guess this is the last thing I can sort of say about this whole situation is you know they're. They're building out features, they're adding stuff, and hopefully someday uh, a friends list does appear within Marvel Snap, and so that we can like directly challenge people, and you know, just sort of have that next social level. And if that ever comes about, an amazing feature within the friends list would be able to, if you were able to browse your friends' collections, just sort of check yeah. out like what sort of variants they've got, and you know, it'd be another thing to connect with people about, and I, that would be really, really, really nice. With that, I know they'll never do it. 
I, I shouldn't say never, but I'm I'm 99% sure they'll never do it. But I would love to be able to trade variants with sure. people. Sure. And be like, I've split this one. You don't have this variant here. Have this cool card and you can give me this cool. And I don't have one of the, your splits. Yeah. Uh, I, I would love that because it just, yeah, kind of that nostalgia of like trading cards from our childhood. But mm-hmm. I, I know they probably won't do that because obviously that's how the collection that's how you progress your collection to kind of you, pro- you progress in this game by splitting cards. Yeah. So I, I'm sure it's kind of a logistical issue as well to try to do something like that. Well, it's also that gets into like account selling and like that, 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 that opens up external economy issues that are really difficult to sort through. So, yeah, yeah, that's definitely fair. Oh, well, awesome. Uh, I believe uh, we're, we're running down to our last few minutes here. I believe you had one last topic that you kind of want to give a shout out about uh, as well as kind of a shout out of, uh, you know, how listeners can support you and support some upcoming events. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I don't know, I assume this will come out today or tomorrow. Um, and a really big thing is happening this weekend on February 18th. Uh, for anyone who hasn't heard already, uh, Kawa Tech, Loop Muncher and uh, Super Tech God are putting on the first ever in-person Marvel snap tournament it's going to be called the uh, content creators clash um and they got 16 people on the the 16 competitors and i i I don't know for a fact if they've announced the entire list or not so i don't want to spoil everything but a lot of people are on there there's dare jn there's i think alexander kochia is showing up eggs for sale valentine uh, uh d money uh I can't remember everyone, but there's 16 of them, and I don't want to. I don't want to commit someone that's not on the list uh, to, to no, being totally. there. Um, so, the, 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 a lot of people that you've seen and heard, and all the people that you love, uh, will be there. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be in uh, New York City, and they got a thousand dollar prize pool for it, and a little little side bonus uh i personally built the trophy for it i 3d printed it and uh i don't want to spoil it too much it's uh, in super tech god's uh, living room right now so it's sitting there waiting for everyone and uh i'm pretty stoked to to donate that to the community and hopefully people will be uh stoked to to have that and bring it home yeah whoever wins will be stoked to bring it home i guess and then on uh it, the whole thing is happening on saturday uh the February 18th, which is gonna be from 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and it's gonna be streaming, I believe, first and foremost on Kawa Tech's uh, channel. And it, it'll be interesting because it's there'll be you know a split, you know, uh, uh, bracket format with a loser's uh, 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 bracket on the bottom. So so people will still be able to win, even if they go a double elimination rounds. And they're the way they're setting up is gonna be two decks, and you can you have to bring two decks, it'll be open deck lists. And uh, you can't have duplicate cards, so they have to be two completely unique decks. Um, I'm not mm. entirely sure exactly how deck selection is going to work and everything. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to watching and learning and seeing how it goes. But I, I really do think that that this sort of larger tournament bracket style thing is going to going to take off and snap just because of the speed of the games. And I think that they're they're doing awesome getting their their feet under the ground. And I'm really, really looking forward to watching it. And I hope everyone uh, has an opportunity to come check it out and, and cheer on all your favorite creators. Awesome. Well, thank you for giving that shout out. Uh, didn't know about the trophy. You you even left that as a surprise for me. So excited Hi. to see that. Excited yeah. to see that this weekend. I'll definitely be tuning in. And it'll be interesting to see who takes home takes home the the win there. So absolutely, uh, make sure you're uh, following uh, and you're subscribed uh, to Kawatech on his Twitch channel, 
so that you get the notification there. You know when they go live and you can make sure you don't miss any of that this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then Chakra, will you just give us one final shout out of where people can find you online and they can they can follow your content? Sure. The best spot is just YouTube. Um, you know, Chakra7, uh, youtube.com slash Chakra7. That, that, that's where I'd love people to check it out. I, I do a, a bit of history stuff. I, 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 I like talking about like where the characters came from. I think there's a lot of characters in this game that uh, people haven't been familiar with. Um, I've been a little busy lately, so I haven't uploaded it in a, about five, six weeks, but I've got a script written for a, a video on Hell Cow and uh, her entire history. I literally read every single comic from every single appearance of hers in, in Marvel history. And I can't wait to, to record that and share that with you guys, but it, it's not going to be up for, you know, at least a week or two. So we're, we'll awesome. be there, but come check it out. Come check out uh, YouTube is where I watch it. Well, I, for one, will not be missing out on the hell, the hell cow lore. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I will be looking forward to that. There we go. Uh, well, thank you again so much for being here. Always appreciate having you on the show. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure to go follow Chalker on his YouTube channel, as well as make sure you're checking out that tournament this weekend. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode. Can't Stop Snapping is a podcast written, recorded, produced, and hosted by Michael Thurman. Thanks for listening. Thank you.